When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Always and forever, I'll be on the open face toilet. (laughs) Bunk Bunkers, if there's one thing we can promise you in this world, and, 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 and we don't deal in absolutes, right? Right, Andy? No, um... No, I was uh, convicted of absolute dealing back in the <laughs> 1980s, and uh, a term of my parole was to never deal in absolutes That's again. That's right. But there's one thing we can promise you. It's that Andy will always be there on the open-faced toilet for you. Toilet. Um, well, it, I mean, you will always be there on the open-faced toilet, but toilet. if you use today's topic, you might have to either take the toilet with you or find a new toilet or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you I, think? Well, you know, honestly... I've had this idea for a long time uh, of like, a, it's like a toilet uh-huh. uh, and you kind of like, it's got straps on it and you like yeah. put them over your thighs and you thigh know, straps around your uh, midsection, like uh, around your abdomen mm-hmm. and the toilet's totally mobile. Uh, mobile you, toilet. You're like seated on, uh, it's like a regular toilet, but the, the, the cistern, the waste is all self-contained within the unit and you can walk around with it and- I mean, anytime you, wanna, you need to go, you just go. Andy, I think you are really onto something here. You're solving a big pain point for a lot of people in mm-hmm. society that people have not considered. Yeah. And that's public shitting on the go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about it, bunkfunkers. In today's world, if you get diarrhea in a public place, which we all do every day, multiple times a day. Right. Of course. Uh, I haven't confirmed that with other people, but I just know it inside. That's my experience. That's your experience. That's everybody's experience um, is you get diarrhea in public places multiple times a day. And it's so awkward. Oh, man. You know, when egg on my face, when you're, you know, waiting in line at the dry cleaner and as you do, as you do. I mean, uh, my dry cleaner, very popular, (laughs) uh, always a line out the door. Um And as you're waiting in line at the dry cleaner, you know, you're waiting in line at the ATM. Mm -hmm. It's so awkward to have to ask people like, where can I shit in the next 30 seconds? Because 
I got diarrhea poopy. And people go, oh, and then you go, oh, and then you've ruined a pair of pants. And thank God you're at the dry cleaner. Right. Uh, because then they just make you strip down. They take you out back. They power right. wash your little booty. And uh-huh. then you go on your way with a freshly steamed pair of trousers. But, but wouldn't it be nice to avoid all that? You right. could just stay in line, have your little poopy poop, and then move on. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to shit in public? (laughs) Then we wouldn't have to shit our pants. (laughs) And it it would be nice, but, you know, what also would be nice would be to get outside a little bit and go explore a new area where you've never been. And you could take your toilet and you could go uh, take a shit in an area where you've never been before. Yeah, the traveler toilet would be great for that. That's (laughs) the working name. The working name, uh, the Traveler's Toilet. Well, you could take your Traver- Traveler's Toilet to uh, today's topic, which is the app and the, not even just the app, more of the idea of Randonautica. Randonautica. For all the randonauts out there, this is a a standalone app, but also a um, community, a system, uh, like a bot, a script, what have you, that generates random coordinates using quantum random number generators that may or may not be influenced by your own mind. Okay. Bunk bunkers. This is getting some heady stuff and it gives you random coordinates that let you go explore areas you would never explore otherwise in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very fun topic. It's very hot, very viral. Uh, last year, of course we are a couple of boomers, so we haven't heard about it. And, uh, all the uh, Zoomers who listen to the show will be like, oh, wow, way to cover it a year later, guys. Well, we were, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not up on the times, no. okay? Bunkfunkers, we are old. Um, we watch Jeopardy every day exclusively. And Wheel of Fortune. And Wheel of Fortune. We eat dinner at 4.30 p.m. on the dot. And I'm in bed by 8. I wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I have 13 cups of coffee and then I go immediately back to sleep. Yeah. Exactly. For four more hours. Well, Andy, it's not just our fault. We have somebody to thank and to also place the blame on for this topic. <laughs> and that, of course, is a bunk funker by the name of Maddie Lynn. Maddie Lynn. Maddie Lynn <laughs> is in <laughs> my ears and in our hearts. Maddie Lynn. Maddie Lynn. Thank you, Maddie, for sending in the topic of Randonautica. Uh, Maddie included a very lovely message along great, with this topic. Um, you know, uh, uh, and and I hope that you enjoy our coverage of Random Nautica. Of course, if you cannot wait to get out there, cannot wait to go explore. If you're ready to explore this episode, explore this episode's coordinates all up and down. We're, we're going to give you not the least random of coordinates. That's true. <laughs> These coordinates are exact. You can find them. In the show notes, in the episode description, there will be coordinates where you can skip ahead. You can skip through the lore, skip through everything, and go right to the timestamp when the research begins on Randonautica. Okay? But first, Andy and I need to update you on Bunker Lore. Bunker Lore. (laughs) (laughs) It's the lore time. It's lore time. Um, Lore. We all bunk bunkers, uh... You know we've uh, we've been uh, engaged in a protracted legal battle. Mm. Um, protracted, like the thing I never used, 
in my grade school toolkit <laughs> and protracted like an anus. Okay. Art, don't be so obtuse. Pink sock. Uh, the obtuse. we've been in a a a a, a feud, a fussing and a feuding with Mister Bunker. Oh my God! Legally uh, speaking, legally yeah. speaking, that's the appropriate legal term. And uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of uh, adventures and misadventures in court uh, over these past days. Yeah. Uh, weeks mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know today. Today really, um, today was pretty eventful in oh, court. Yeah. Um, you know, we there's been a lot of this is maybe one of the biggest bombshell days uh, that we've had in court. Well, I mean, there was a diffused uh, nuclear warhead in the courtroom today, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. it really was a bombshell day. I don't know that who was there to that. testify against us. Yeah, that that thing was Mr. There to it was one of Mr. Bunker's us. surprise witnesses. Um, you know, of course, didn't have much to say. didn't have much to say. I mean, a weird choice by him. It didn't really. I've never met this particular warhead before. Yeah, and now I also don't believe it was ever claimed to be sentient. True, and uh, we did spend about fifteen minutes just waiting for it to talk. I did after court go up and take a lick. Very sour. <laughs> Very sour. You wow. would have loved it. You would have. Wow. Loved so it. the candies are are true to life. It's true. And and anybody who's in the American military can back me up on this. All the bombs that we have in our nuclear arsenal and we drop, they're all sour candy. Mm. Um, that's wow. why they're so explosive. Is it's just corrosive sour candy. It's incredibly mm. sour. Wow. Puckered up my face like a little. Uh, looked like uh, looked like I don't know, like a, a celebrity with botched surgery. Oh, yeah. My lips were all puffed out. My face, my cheeks were sunken in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of your legs fell off. <laughs> Don't worry, motherfuckers. They grew back. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Pretty gnarly. Don't know what's up with that. Might be something later. I don't know. We might explain that later. But yeah, bombshell day. I mean, it was... Um... Yeah. Um... And might I say, I mean, that warhead painted very sexily. There was a very... <laughs> I mean, a bombshell babe was painted on that word. Oh, baby. Yeah. Uh, clearly, this. <laughs> yeah, this was. Uh, it was a. You could tell it's a more modern construction because uh, it had it had Valerie Bertinelli painted on it. Not like from the Van Halen days, like from right. the late 2010s. Sure. <laughs> was her cooking? Uh huh. And it was hot. It was hot. It was steam. She was steaming clams, and I was getting steamed. Yeah. Ahuga. That's what I said. Ahuga. He just kept saying it. And uh, he did it for a long time. And to be honest, uh, it's a good thing that Art mentions that because we then had to hear the court stenographer read oh back my God, to the, the court. stenographer. Ahuga. Hundreds of times. The court stenographer, of course, is Dame Judy Dench. Um, <laughs> Very weird. Uh, I don't. I mean, I can't. I can't tell if she's like researching a role. She does this on her off time. Yeah. It would seem that an actress of her caliber would be as far away from this courthouse as possible. But no, it was Dame Judy Dench. Yeah. Um, possibly, maybe Judge Judy. There's some sort of Judy Council going on here. Judge Dread Judy. Judge Judge Dread Judy. Yeah. Uh, and we got Dame Judy Dench. Lots of Judy. I mean, these are like three, four letter names. It's Judy. Very- <laughs> Judy. Of course, you were screaming that the entire time. 
pointing at the court stenographer. So much of the stuff that Dame Judi Dench has to read back as the official court stenographer is just me and our shouting things repeatedly over and over again. Of course, Andy, what you were getting at is that the court stenographer doesn't just record what we say in court. She, you know, Judi Dench is actually following us throughout the day in court, recording right. the things that we say. And it gets a little embarrassing. You kind of forget she's there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is an official responsibility or if she's got some weird sort of like voyeurism kind of stenographer thing going on. Because the whole time we're in the courthouse, right. Dame Judy Dench is following us and, and, and writing down everything we say. It's a house. It's a courthouse. There's it's Judge Fred Judy's house. It's comfortable. There's comfortable couches. There's a kitchenette. Yeah. yeah. There's an upstairs. There's a basement with a full gaming studio. We're talking yeah. Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5. Foosball? Foosball. 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 I mean, it gets crazy. It's fun. But it is stressful. And, yeah. you know, I mean, one of the weirdest things is, obviously, like most people, during court, Art and I are taking bathroom breaks every 15 minutes. Oh, my minutes. God. Every 15 minutes at least. Uh, Art... Uh, art goes mm -hmm. mostly mostly to just catch the bathroom culture. Oh, the bathroom culture in the courthouse is where it is at, Bunk Funkers. I got to tell you, go if you go to court, hang out in the bathrooms. You're going to learn way more than you will in the courtroom. Yeah. All the high-powered lawyers are there. They're smoking. It's like it's like the Van Halen smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. Or smoking, Motley Crue, whoever wrote that song. Smoking in the attorney, the court bathroom. Oh, my God. It's so fucking cool. It's, you come in. You open the door. Just a plume of smoke, like a, some kind of volcano was in there. It's just fucking hitting you in the face. You're covered in ash from head to toe. I mean, seriously, it's very volcanic in there. It's bad. <laughs> it's possible that there's a fissure into the earth that opened up underneath the bathroom. Because it, it can't all be from cigarettes. <laughs> well, it does reek of sulfur, but that could also be, you know, someone yeah, using the toilet. Or eggs. Or eggs. Uh, of course, every 15 minutes, I go and take a shit. You actually do have to use the bathroom. Yeah, so I just go in there and use the bathroom. But I like to soak up the culture. I mean, I right. contribute. Still here. I contribute from the stall. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're chit-chatting. We're shooting the shit. We're talking about our dreams and our fucking hopes and dreams. Um, you know, the other day I brought up a dream. I ha I mean, we literally fucking talk about, like, the meaning behind our dreams. Like, I mean, these, these high-powered attorneys, they like to fucking rap and shoot the shit. Mm -hmm. And sit down and powwow and fucking work some shit out, man. I mean, it's yeah. really like, and Jane Duty Gents is there recording the whole goddamn thing, and I'm sitting there mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm telling some stuff in the privacy of a fucking bathroom. Yeah, the most private of all places, the Andy. most the the temple of privacy. And I'm bringing up how I had this Great dream, Indiana Jones movie. You know, Andy, you of course know this. I have this dream, this recurring dream in my life where I'm force feeding Reese Witherspoon pizza. Yeah. And I just keep feeding her pizza over and over again. Just pizza, pizza, pizza. And she's like, please stop feeding me pizza. Yeah, it's just like that And movie I can't seven. stop. I can't stop feeding her pizza. It's my homemade pizza, homemade sauce, homemade cheese. And I just keep feeding her pizza, pizza, pizza. And I just keep feeding her. And she just says, please stop. But I just can't. And I don't know what that dream means. I don't know either. I'm no dream interpreter. But these high-powered attorneys, they say it's some deep-seated issue that I have involving, um, you know, possibly an uncle. Oh. So your uncle Reese, my uncle Reese. Yeah. Um, obviously heir to the Reese's pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and I never knew him. I was, I was a strange, I was estranged from him for a not long the, time. Not the Reese family fortune, but, uh, right. just heir to Reese's Reese's pieces. Right. 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 Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And I think, you know, this is private. Mm -hmm. This is like, we're just talking in the bathroom. 
And there's fucking Dame Judy Jen. She recorded the whole goddamn thing. She has to go repeat it once we get back into court. Yeah. So now everybody knows what I was just talking about. Yeah. And yeah. it's embarrassing. I don't want the hung jury knowing that. It was really, really embarrassing how uh, you described waking up in a puddle of your own fluid after having that dream every time. And I don't know what fluid it was. Yeah. There's a few different ones. I can. I definitely have a list. <laughs> yeah. I have some suspects. Yeah. Dame Judy Dench had to read it out in front of the court. <laughs> you, of course, you know, sometimes you'll chime in. You have a recurring dream where um, you have this, you have the, of course, this is a wet dream uh, where uh, you I don't know any are other laying naked on a field and JJ the jet plane is using your tummy as a landing strip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I, I've brought that up even when it's not apropos to the conversation. Yeah. We were talking about other things. We were talking about the stimulus checks we were getting and all that other bullshit. I was you like, hey, start- speaking of stimulus. <laughs> But uh, but you had to Dame Duty Jones had to read that in front of everybody, and you were embarrassed. You got real red. I was I was embarrassed with that. I mean, that's private, Andy. Yeah, that was private, and I didn't really appreciate that being read in open court. I mean, especially especially given that attorney Cad Weatherstone, who was in the stall next to me, oh helped, my god, attorney Cad Weatherstone helped me uh, because he told me, hey, he said, hey, stop eating meatloaf sandwiches while you go to the bathroom. And I never really thought of it that way before. <laughs> it never considered you to not eat while using the turlet. Yeah, and that was a big help to me because, yeah. I mean, so many times I'm fishing meatloaf out of the turlet because oh, I drop gross. it. I mean, you know. And you can't tell the difference between the meatloaf and your own fucking duke. No, I mean, I only eat meatloaf, so my duke looks like meatloaf. And he just, I mean, that was the thing. I mean, it's so its so insightful. Yeah. Stop eating meatloaf sandwiches while you're on the john. Right. Uh, Cad Weatherstone is a really great high-powered attorney. Uh, easily smokes a carton of cigarettes uh, every, every half hour. Yeah. A carton. It's unbelievable how much cigarettes these guys smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should design some sort of cigarette smoking robot based off of Cad Weatherstone. <laughs> I don't know what the purpose of that robot Well, and then there's his partner, and they have their firm together. That's uh, This is Chad Bridgestone. Yeah, Chad, Brid- Chad Bridgestone. Uh, and then there's, of course, the other one, which is uh, Lad Firestone. Yeah. Who is heir to the Firestone tire fortune. Right. Or is it, is Bridgestone the tire fortune? Right. <laughs> they're all, they're all tire tycoons. They're all tire, tire magnets. These are tire tycoons and they're, you know, and they're, uh, these are high powered, rich guys, real rich. Yeah. Um, And they don't, they don't need to work. They don't need to do anything. They just sit in the bathroom all day. Yeah, and their firm, their firm, Weatherstone, Firestone, and Bridgestone, LLLP, is one of the one of the tops in the area. Yeah, if you definitely have an issue um, involving a tire or medical malpractice, uh, they can definitely help you. Yeah, they they almost exclusively take on tire liability cases. Like if you were at a NASCAR race and there was a big old crash, you know, Tony Stewart, he did something a little fucking crazy. Crashed into Kyle Bush for being a little bitch. And uh, one of Kyle Bush's tires flew off of his, his fucking, one of his, uh, whatever he raced for, M&M cars. Um, and flew off and it crashed and hit you in the face while you were in the stands. You can sue the NASCAR for big money, but you gotta get Weatherstone, Firestone, Bridgestone, LLP. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of special rules around uh, tire law. Yeah. 
not a lot of people know that. A lot of people think, oh, this is just regular law, but tire law, something completely different. But it is bullshit that Dame Judy Dench was recording all this. This is these are, I mean, these know. were private moments that we didn't expect to be read and open. And court. obviously, bunk funkers, we're entrusting you with holding these as secret. Like, don't go telling people about this stuff. Yeah, I mean. And don't, it, yeah. I mean, I, when I'm struggling on the toilet, like I don't need Dame Judy Dench to go back into the courtroom and make, imitate me <sighs> grunting and screaming. I have to say though, she's such a good actress. She still does, does such a good job. I mean, I felt like I was fucking embodied. I was listening you. to myself. I know, right? It's, yeah. it's unbelievable how good of an actress she is. She can just, I mean, really the role of a lifetime for an actress of her caliber to play you struggling on the toilet. It's, it's a true hero's journey. I mean, it's uh, you start off in this world of comfort. You're on your toilet. Mm -hmm. You go through this horrible process where you are struggling in the rising action. I mean, there's all this action where you're taking off your pants and you're putting TP down on the toilet seat so that it's, you know, you're not sitting in piss or anything like that. Um, and, you know, then you're sitting down and then you hit the climax where, I mean, you're just at this struggle where you don't. Is this man going to get it out of his system? I emerge triumphant. And you do. Eventually, you emerge triumphant. You are a changed man. Truly. Yeah. yeah. Something has left you. Yeah. And you're okay with it. And everybody everybody could attest. I come back to the court very energized. Yeah. Uh, very much mentally sharp, focused. Right. So, I mean, truly. I mean, and David Crosby was moved to tears uh, over one of her last performances. And it truly, she deserves, she actually, I think, is up for an Academy Award for a short film for uh, her portrayal as man shitting on, struggling to shit on toilet. <laughs> yeah, that was the, uh, that was Aptly the short named. film about me that uh, debuted at Con over the whenever. You know, I have some embarrassment. I, I've been confusing David Crosby. Obviously, last week, I confused David Crosby with the members of uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> with and not just John Fogarty, but any member right. of Creedence Clearwater Revival. I also confused him with Bill Cosby. This week, confused him with David Cross. Yeah, that's true. You asked, kept asking him where Bob Odenkirk was. Yeah, I said I'm such a big fan of the rest of development. I think it's so funny. Yeah. Um. You know, and, uh, he, you know, he was... Let's just say he was very cross with me. Yeah, yeah. You kept saying, I blew myself. Well, I kept saying that. And then, you know, he's just like, I really don't get the reference. Leave me alone. Go back to your seat. I think it's nice, though, that Dame Duty Gench is there to record everything. Because, you know what? When this is all said and done, um, I'm going to want these memories so that we can both write get the movie rights to this and yeah. sell it as a, as the next few good men or anything. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the next, uh, like American crime, yeah. uh, anthology series. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, we'll just, and we've been preparing for that. You and I, we've been walking into court with gloves that don't fit. We've been walking into court saying you can't handle the truth at people screaming it at people. <laughs> Uh, we've been just spitting out other big lines. Yeah, I've I've been doing like uh, small time Southern attorney. Right. Um, I've been walking up to people and saying, "Give, give my daughter the spinal tap right now. Give it to her." In terms of endearment, just screaming, "Give her the medicine." I keep saying, "You'll never take my son from me. This is yeah. personal." Yeah. You know, I'm walking around. Um, I'm screaming, uh, show me the money. 
Yeah. Show it to me. Show me the. I'm not saying it with a lot of enthusiasm, though. I think I need to change that up. Well, you know, that's open to interpretation yeah. for the, you know, when they make the screenplay. Sure, so, sure, sure. I, I guess mean, that's the director can, as long can as figure you, that out. As long as you get the line uh -huh. there, people will know. That Hasta la vista, baby. That's how I fucking <laughs> say goodbye to everybody when we leave court. Court takes forever to leave because you have to say goodbye to everybody. It's takes it's so what long. a Judge Dredge Judy's rules. You have to, every morning we sing the good morning song and then. Before we leave, everybody has to say goodbye to everybody else. We all line up and we do kind of the T-ball thing where first we all high five each other. We go down the line, high five. Everybody say good game, good game, good game. Of course, I'm saying hasta la vista, baby. Hasta right. la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Right. And, you know, in the morning, it's who is here today? Who is here today? Hi ho the Dario, who is here today? The kangaroo's here today. The kangaroo's here today. Hi ho the Dario, the kangaroo's here today. It takes forever, forever, but it's so fun, so worth it. It's so fun. It really makes it feel like a family affair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here in court, so. hung juror number one here is here today. Hung juror number one here is here today. Yeah. Hung juror number one. Hung juror number one. <laughs> hung juror number one is here today. <laughs> It's wonderful. It really is. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time. So, uh, but that being said, you know, I could do. There's pros and cons to having a court stenographer. I guess is what we want to say. That's the lesson today. Bunk yeah, bunkers. I mean, it seems so unnecessary because they could just audio record everything and transcribe it post hoc. Like they don't Drew. need to have a live stenographer. So I you mean, your first. Judy, if you're a stenographer out there, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you with your secret language that I can't understand based on symbols. What's yeah. up with that? Yeah, if you know how to use one of those keyboards, you freak me out. Yeah, <laughs> that's some fucking sorcery. You people are sorcerers. It's like learning another language. I don't even know English. <laughs> oh boy, if it ain't qwerty, I ain't with it. <laughs> give me qwerty or give me death. Yeah, you keep shouting that out in court, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy, I mean, um, very eventful day. Just, uh, you know, shed some light on court uh, with the bunk funkers, what it's like to have a stenographer, Dame Judy Dench. A um, lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of a lot of good litigation was done today. Big, uh, big time litigation. I mean, big time bombs dropped by me in the court bathroom. Oh, yeah. Um, big time bombs dropped in court. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I mean, it, we bolstered our case, I think, because we showed that Jame, Dame Judy Gench, I mean, every time she plays Mr. Bunker. Oh, it's unbelievable. She's just grumbling yeah. and uh, reciting a list of uh, enemies mm -hmm. uh, and occasionally uh, punching holes into uh, loaves of bread. Which is something that he does famously. He does. Yeah, you'll find uh, a lot all over the bunker there are uh, pieces of bread with fist holes punched through them. And um, you can make a very nice egg in a basket, uh, mm -hmm. sort of bird's nest, sort of uh, little, little, little breakfast treat mm -hmm. with that stuff. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, a little odd at first. It's definitely. odd. It takes, it takes some getting used to. Yep. Um, but, you know. Once you get comfortable with uh, all the bread holes lying around, you're fine with it. That's right. Well, speaking of bread holes here, Andy, I mean, uh, we don't want to leave a bread hole inside uh, of uh, today's bunker alarm recipient's heart. 
No, we don't. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. That's why we are now going to uh, flip, switch on the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 so that we can properly honor today's Bunker Alarm recipient. Today's Bunker Alarm recipient is none other than today's episode suggester, Maddie Lynn. Maddie Lynn. Maddie, uh, thank you for this suggestion. This was a great topic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to have some weird, wild, sexy discussion. Oh, yeah. Um, and we hope you enjoy it. So thank you so much for uh, this great uh, topic. Um, so now I am going to pull up a bunker alarm just for you, Maddie. Uh, let me get into the machine here. <laughs> oh, okay. Ooh, I need to clean this. Yeah, thing. it needs to be greased. <laughs> All right, there it goes. Rolodex is spinning. Oops. Oh, oops. God. Oops. Sorry. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. This is a good one. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Maddie, this, this bud's for you. This book and bud, this bud's for you. This alarm is for you. Uh, here we go. On uh, three. And two. And one. Wow, what a weird one. Huh? No, I yeah, that was uh oof, that was a hefty one. That was a that was quite an alarm. Yeah. But Maddie, I mean, the blood rushing in your head and maybe almost make you pass out. <laughs> and the blood rushing in other places. Maddie, <laughs> thanks so much for the suggestion. That bunker alarm was for you. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> um Randonautica, it is uh it's a fun little uh, little topic here, some weird little stories, synchronicities. If you have ever felt like the universe is talking to you in some way, I think that you will find a connection with today's topic. And uh, hey, we'll be talking to you. I don't know about the universe, but we will be talking to you right here, right now, about Randonautica on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. We'll be watching you. Funkers, do you have a taste for adventure? Do you want to explore sights unseen, travel the path less taken? Well, then today's topic, Randonautica, is going to be for you. But be forewarned, sweet, innocent, lovely bunk funkers. Not everything involved with randonauting is as pleasant and pure as it seems. Many randonauts report odd, interesting, and personally meaningful experiences when exploring these random adventurous locations. So, Andy, let's dive into Randonautica, shall we? Uh, Andy, what what are you wearing? Well, Art, 
Seeing as today's topic is rando nautica, I thought I'd dress appropriately. This is obviously from the name, something nautical related. So I'm wearing my favorite little sailor boy outfit, complete with my little sailor boy hat, my little sailor boy neckerchief, my little sailor boy blue romper, and finally, my bright spit shine little sailor boy dress shoes. Toot toot! Yes, siree. I'm ready to hit the open seas and look for an adventure. Uh, well, Andy, actually... And by adventure, I mean stopping by every whorehouse in every major port city in the world. I can't wait to be neck deep in every kind of bodily fluid imaginable. That's what sailing is all about. Well, Andy, Andy, I hate to break this to you, but Rand and Attica has nothing to do with sailing. Hmm? What's that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an app that generates random coordinates to let you explore local areas you would never... Uh, otherwise explore. <sighs> Fuck me. Way to go, Andy. You did it again. Why? Why must you be such a buffoon? Uh, oh boy. Bunkfuckers, I think Andy is dealing with some stuff here, clearly, but uh why don't we why don't we explain just what the heck random nodding uh, is let's explain it. Randonauting is a concept that actually predates the app Randonautica. Randonauting is built around the core concept of exploring "quote unquote" blind spots. And we're not talking about the area of your car where you definitely 100% could not see that little old lady with her turn signal. Okay, insurance provider. Blind spots are actual physical places in the world where you would never actually explore or go all on your own throughout your daily life. You have some routine areas, we all do, likely, that you see every single day. Well, randonauts believe in breaking free from this internal mental makeup and determinism that we all have in our daily lives by exploring and finding coordinates of areas totally outside the boundaries of our everyday casual experience. Okay, that seems like fun, right? I mean, if Tinder profiles tell us anything is that most women just want to find someone to go on an adventure with. And most guys think watching The Office and having a beard are acceptable personality traits. So, uh, how do we actually do this randonaut thing? I mean, how do we randonaut? No, not get dates with, with, with people on the internet. Well, randonauts also believe in a concept of a mind-matter interaction. The basic idea is that the human mind has a statistically significant impact on the output of quantum random number generators. Essentially, Randonauts believe that if you concentrate on a intention or feeling or goal uh, when trying to find coordinates to explore, you can actually influence the generation of said coordinates. Hey, Art, I, I got my shit figured out, dude. I'm ready to join the script and definitely, totally will not have an extreme escapade at the end of this topic at all. Uh... Anywho... Randonauts generate random numbers, uh, which act as coordinates on a map, based on thoughts uh, and feelings which they believe can influence the randomness of said coordinates. There are two types of coordinates that can be generated, or intention-driven anomalies, or IDAs, uh, attractors, and voids. Coordinates are called quantum points. Attractors are areas on a map where there are a high density of quantum points near each other. Voids are areas where there is a low density of points. Essentially, you can go explore an area where the quantum number generator sends a lot of coordinates or uh, to an area where there's very little. 
But how exactly do they generate these numbers? Well, they used a, a scripted bot on the app Telegram, an instant messaging app. The bot was called the Phantom Bot uh, until along came Randonautica, a standalone app for mobile devices which generated quant quantum number coordinates for randonauting. Here's a description of the app from their website. Quote, developed by the global moment, the Randonauts, the Randonautica app was created to encourage people to venture outside of their day-to-day -day routine by using a quantum random number generator to derive a coordinate to journey to. The, the phenomenon has taken the world by storm, and there are millions of randonauts exploring their surroundings in nearly every country. Now, I don't know for sure, but I think when they said developed by the global moment, they meant global movement. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? There's, there's, there's a few. There's of, a few typographical errors yeah, on the website. Sure. But in non-tech speak, the Randonautica app lets you randonaut. Okay? First, it asks you for your location. Then it asks you for a couple different entropy Entropy generators. Entropy is a concept of measuring disorder or randomness or uncertainty. Essentially, it's asking you how random do you want to get, baby? <laughs> and then the app asks you to focus on an intent. This is where the mind-matter connection comes in. Then, the app gives you your coordinates, and you're on your way to randonauting. And these coordinates are supposedly influenced by your very own mind. So obviously, bunkfunkers, randonauting is in a similar vein to geocaching or Pokemon Go, both of which are... Like games, I guess, or apps, or, I don't know, fun things to do that involve exploring the outside? Uh, I don't know. Geocaching, however, is about choosing specific locations where other geo geocachers have gone and buried some kind of trinket or treasure or note or neat little thing. And you look on a map of actual geocaches, and you go hunt them down, you find your little trinket, and you either put something else in its place, or you take the treasure somewhere else. It's neat, and you can, you can actually find random little things from all over the world just in your vicinity because other geocachers have... It somehow traveled from, like, I don't know if there's a geocacher in, like, Austria, and then they brought it somewhere else, and then it brought it somewhere else, and someone brought it across to America, and then it's, it's pretty neat. Um, Pokemon Go is an augmented reality mobile game that involves exploring the world for virtual Pokemon and uh, catching them and battling them. And I played it for, like, a week before I got bored, but Andy, you played it a lot. Um, okay. I guess he didn't play it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hesitate to say a lot because there are still people that are playing it and I haven't played for like, like multiple years, I think. Uh, um, I guess, I guess I played for a bit. Um, you played longer than me. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I played, I don't know, maybe I played for a little bit and then like you, I kind of got like bored with it because I, you know, right. It's like, I, I don't know. Um, but then, uh, a friend of mine was playing it. And so I would play with her sometimes and we would like walk around some places in battle and, Hell like, yeah. places, uh, she had a lot better Pokemon than me. Uh, she was way more into it. So, um, I was just, uh, kind of there, but, um, there was this, uh, I have seen this guy before, uh, in the city and very into Pokemon go. He's got like three mobile devices jesus he's got like a like a case thing that each thing is like inside of a compartment each device is in a compartment with like a clear like cover she's got like three different pokemon goes going at once catching pokemon three different like good lord places. i mean very into it and it's like got you know pokemon on the back you know they had the they, here in chicago they had like the pokemon fest yeah 
at one point. So be some people are very into it. Uh, I unfortunately don't have many good stories because most of my Pokemon was like my Pokemoning, my catching. We were on the train. I was on the train or yeah. I was like sitting at home just hoping that there would be a Pokemon that I didn't have to go outside. So I don't think I really got into the spirit of it. <laughs> All right. Well, regardless, all three apps are also built around a community of like-minded explorers and adventure seekers, whether or not Andy was ever a part of that. <laughs> Randonautica has a vibrant online scene where you can post about your randonauting adventures and the significance of your supposed mind-matter connection. In fact, we'll mention quite a few randonaut posts later on. But let's briefly talk about the timeline and history of the Randonautica app. Uh, Randonauting was born from a fringe science-related group called the Fatum Project on the messaging app Telegram in January of 2019. Joshua Lengfelder, a Texas resident and former circus performer, which, I mean, I wish that I could have that in mind. Very true. When anyone refers to me. Uh, but anyway, Joshua Lengfelder had just moved back home to take care of his father, who suffered a stroke. While there, Josh discovered the Fatum Project group on Telegram. The Fatum Project was, origi was originally simply interested in using technology to ensure the randomness of online gambling outcomes, among other things. Josh was influenced by the project's theories about how random exploration could break people out of their predetermined realities and how people could influence random outcomes with their minds. And in February 2019... 2019! Holy shit! Good lord! In February 2019, he along with other members of the Fatum Project, created the first Randonaut messaging bot. Josh then helped create the Randonaut subreddit in March of 2019. From there, things were a nice, steady, niche community of like-minded mind explorers. Like-minded mind explorers. In October, Simon Nishi McCorkendale, <laughs> which is a great name. Excellent name. Simon Nishi McCorkendale uh, created a webpage for the bot. So also in October, Auburn uh, uh, Salcido, the chief executive of Pre Presley Media, which is an agency that creates brand integrations for TV, found the Randonauts on Reddit and offered to help Josh grow the Randonauts. So on January 24th of the next year, 2020, Salcido and Langfelder incorporated Randonauts LLC with her as the COO and him as the CEO. And she also remained the uh, chief executive of Presley Media and handles PR for Randonautica. They finally released the beta version of the Randonautica standalone app on February 22nd, 2020. Things were a little slow in early 2020, but you may recall this, eh, this minor little event from that year. Oh yeah, fucking Joe fucking Exotic went to prison for trying to silence that bitch Carol Baskins. You remember that? <laughs> you remember that, Art? Everyone? You remember that? Remember? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, Indy is right. That did happen. But also, the thing I was mentioning was the COVID pandemic oh. hit. And uh, people all across the world and all across the country and the world were in lockdown on a scale at which we have never seen. And they were friggin' bored. Which was good for Randonauts because the app absolutely went viral. The app was kind of the, quote, app of the summer in 2020 as TikTokers. Uh, started using the app to have fun and go outdoors and explore and ultimately generate content to feed the never-ending hunger of the content machine. 
But seriously, the app was downloaded over 8 million times over the course of April through the fall of 2020, and the Randonaut hashtag on TikTok has racked up nearly a billion views in total. And if you're listening to this and you're like us and you said to yourself, well, I never heard of this Randonaut thing. Well, welcome to the club, fellow boomer and coomers. Boomers and coomers. Boomers and coomers. Now, according to CEO Josh, quote, People were trapped in their houses, and it gave them a way to break out of their normal routine. It's one of the few activities you can do while social distancing, but still stay safe. End quote. Which is pretty incredible for an app that never did any marketing at all. The app is free. However, there are microtransactions. Users are limited to a certain number of coordinates that they can generate a day and have to pay for more and have to pay for more coordinates. Um, users also have to pay for the app to not generate coordinates which are located on large bodies of water which was kind of a big issue for many free users part of the viral marketing that propelled randonautica was tiktokers claiming to see a wide range of things while randonauting from the wholesome to the paranormal and creepy and we all know if it comes from tiktok it's gotta be true baby tiktokers wouldn't lie to generate views and thereby gain influence and money would they no way tiktokers Maybe or maybe not. But either way, the core group of Randonauts truly buys into its theories and even established, even established the nine tenets of Randonauting, none of which endorse the lying or trespassing that many TikTokers were accused of while posting Randonaut vids. But what are the nine tenets of Randonauting? Number one, seeing in the dark, a dedication to exploring the blind spots of the world. Number two, venture with mindfulness. Paying attention and being situationally aware. Number three, be sincere. Show compassion to yourself and your community you are exploring. Number four, high vibes intent. Strive to be positive. Number five, value inner life. Appreciation toward yourself as the catalyst for an effect on an external environment. Number six, bridge cultural gaps. Share experiences with others in the community. Number seven, transform and shift. Curiously test the theory of quantum randomization and the possibility to change a life path. Number eight, bring a trash bag. Be respectful of the environment and leave the place you traveled better than you found it. And number nine, synchronicity. Diving into randomness to find connections and meaning for both the individual and community. Now, this list is very different from the nine tenets of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast, uh, which, of course, are... We uh, both know them. Yeah. Very, very true. Number one, come early and come often. <laughs> yeah. Um, number two, um, you know, actually, this one overlaps. Bring a trash bag. <laughs> You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Uh, uh Number three, of course, is uh, never back down from anything. Uh -huh. um, number four is. Uh... We know these so well. It's so weird that we just, you know, yeah, we, you know, you always blank on the thing, you know, the best. Number four is uh, don't back down from that wave. Yeah, we have two that have to do with never backing down. <laughs> it's a big part of being in the bunker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, of course, you know, uh, there's Number five uh, is take no prisoners, <laughs> no prisoner. 
Um, uh, number number six is Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap, yeah. <laughs> number seven is Where's the Beef? Uh, number seven is never look. That was number never seven. look. Oh, number eight is never look a deaf horse in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a tenant. Yeah, it's a tenant. It's one of the tenants. We don't know what it means, but it's one of the tenants. <laughs> uh, and finally, the ninth tenant of uh, Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast is um, shit first, ask questions later. <laughs> And we all know them, and in, in bunk bunkers, you should keep them close to your heart. So, <laughs> all right, time for yeah. the fun part. Yeah, do a Ten Commandments style list of these. Uh, if you want to dress up like biblical Moses and <laughs> buy yourself some stone tablets, send us pictures. Do it. Um, all right, time for the fun part. Uh, the random not stories. Okay, this is what you all came for, bunk bunkers. Um, the first one is probably the most famous random not story. If you go to the random nodding. There's the random knot subreddit and then random nodding. I forget which one's the bigger one. I think it's random nodding. Um, or maybe it's random knots. But if you go there and you search for the top story of all time, this is the one. In late June, a group of teenagers in Seattle posted a video to their TikTok under the username at UggHenry of their experience random nodding. Their coordinates led them to a beach where they found a mysterious black suitcase. Okay. The group giggle in the video as they discuss what could be inside. Maybe it's a bunch of money or maybe it's some lost artifact or heirloom. Ooh. Eventually, one of the girls in the group, there's like three or four of them together. One of the girls in the group is summoned to open the suitcase. As they get close to it, they start to mention it kind of stinks. They unzip it. They lift the lid from a distance with a long stick and the smell becomes overwhelming. The unbearable scent of death. The youngsters call the police who arrive on the scene and confirm, yep, inside the suitcase, stored in black plastic bags, are human re- human remains. And their intent, when getting the coordinates for this? Travel. Police later found that these remains were that of 35-year-old Jessica Lewis and 27-year-old Austin Wenner. Both died on June 16th from multiple gunshot wounds, the case was still an open homicide and investigators found more human remains in the area as well as other body parts. Fun! The <laughs> Seattle beach! Yeah, it reminds me of Christmas growing up. Yeah, you would get uh, dead body parts in your stocking, oh, right? Oh yeah, always a good time to open up a box of body parts. <laughs> um, now, most companies would be mortified if their product was tied to a story about a bunch of kids finding a dead body Scooby-Doo style. But here's what Josh Langfelder had to say about it. Quote, when you're sending millions of people to random locations and searching the hidden corners of reality, you're bound to find some pretty shocking stuff sometimes. It's not the best press, but I'm not really that upset about it because it's kind of cool. I kind of wish it was me who found it. End quote. Hell yeah. (laughs) Me too, Josh. I freaking love finding dead bodies on the beach. Sometimes I pretend I'm grave digger and I run over them. It's a double entendre because I'm uh, pretending to be the monster truck grave digger, but I'm also desecrating graves by digging up dead bodies. 
<laughs> Linkfelder also pointed out that plenty of people found dead bodies while playing Pokemon Go. It's true. Pokemon Go players also found lots of dead bodies. That's my favorite Pokemon. I choose you, Corpsey. Go use your unbearable stench attack. It's super effective. <laughs> now, I'm not sure what any of this says about society other than there's a lot more death surrounding us than we care to acknowledge, I guess. I guess so. There's fucking dead bodies everywhere. Dead yeah, bodies everywhere. You just got to know where to look. That's true. Now, many TikTokers and randonauts have experiences claiming they were followed or stalked while randonauting. I mean, you can you can find this all over YouTube, all over TikTok. In a live stream on April 22nd, 2021, Josh Langfelder said, if you go into randonauting with the intention of, quote, this is going to be so creepy, I'm going to be followed, LOL, um, then you're kind of inviting yourself to that experience. But on the flip side, this paranoia could be unfounded because randonauts who go trespassing, which is against the tenets of randonauting, mm -hmm. they should not be doing that, then claim they're being followed when in reality they're fucking trespassing and whomever's land that is is like, hey, the fuck are you doing on my land? You're trespassing. Or, you know, they're out YouTubing about their randonauting and being loud as fuck in a quiet neighborhood in the middle of the night, then yeah, the residents of said neighborhood are going to be curious as to what you're doing. I don't know, Art. I have a hard time <laughs> believing that live streamers would be loud in public. That just loud and self-absorbed? No way. doesn't seem like anything. They They're the most altruistic people I've ever met. Yeah. I, I've seen tons of YouTube videos of people like, you know, uh, uh, we got Logan, Logan's Pauls and all of them going out into the forest, and nothing bad ever happens when they do that. No. And they fine. go give homeless people tons of money. Yeah. And they get views. Yeah. It's fucking cool. It's cool. It's not exploitative. Here's a quote from Josh. People do end up getting followed, but that's because they're putting themselves in trouble by trespassing. End quote. Oh, he's not buying any of this stock and stuff. Okay. There's also an issue with fakes. Randonauts have a big issue with, quote, fake randonauts who are just using the app for views and completely faking their experiences with over-exaggerated reactions of, to how spooky and scary their experience was. CEO Josh actually does quite a bit of few live streams where he calls out these fake randonauts who are faking their content for views or breaking the tenets of randonauting by trespassing and being an all-around dickhead. Sorry, I hiccuped and burped. <laughs> the, just, the, the juxtaposition of TikTok slash YouTube randonauts is way different from the subreddit as well. I mean, it's a very interesting... Uh, uh, dichotomy there. TikTok slash YouTube would make you believe that randonauting is horrifying, creepy, too spooky five me. But the subreddit is filled with heartwarming stories and beautiful, interesting scenery. Uh, let's talk about some other fun randonaut stories. One major part of randonauting is finding piss bottles on the side of the road. And for once, we're literally not joking. This is a real thing. Uh, so many randonauts find bottles filled with piss that it's a regular inside joke and almost a rite of passage. I mean, sign me up. See, bunk funkers? Pissing in a bottle and then flinging it outside your car windows as you drive is much more common practice than we believe. It's time to normalize piss bottles. But hey, not everything in piss bottle is piss bottles and dead bodies. Hey, Andy, you remembered my Shoots and Ladders ripoff game, Piss Bottles and Dead Bodies. Oh, man. Hasbro fucked up by not publishing that game, Art. And also by issuing you a cease and desist letter. And by suing you into making sure you never design a game ever again. Yeah. Whether you pitch it to them or not. That's true. Uh, anyway, one interesting randonaut story is of the Dickerson letter. 
23-year-old Taylor Dickerson from Spokane, Washington. A lot of Washington randonauting here. It's fun to explore out there. Uh, 23-year-old Taylor Dickerson from Spokane went randonauting with her friend. Their coordinates led them to the nearby woods where she claims they came across a pristinely preserved letter written on plain notebook paper. The note appeared to be a letter of friendship. Quote, I am writing this to inform you of how amazing you really are. I graciously think you are swell. End quote. And was signed by a man. Well, Dickerson and her friend took the letter home and Googled the man's name. Turned out he died just two weeks earlier. However, Dickerson and her friend say they were able to find the woman to whom the letter was addressed and they made plans to deliver it to her. Now, that's a nice heartwarming story. Eh, could use a piss bottle or two. <laughs> yeah, or three or four. <laughs> Make it 12. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a 12 pack of piss bottles. <laughs> Now, more random out stories deal with the concept of synchronicity than anything scary, to be honest, like finding dead bodies. Synchronicity or their coordinates, you know, leading them to something of deep personal significance that the app could not know. It's a feeling like the universe is talking to you in some way because you begin to notice patterns and information in the world around you that corresponds to your own personal life. And... Honestly, lots of people, almost everybody, I'd say, experiences feelings of synchronicity at some point in their lives. It's a, it's a very human thing. And we'll, we'll touch on some of the science and synchronicity a little bit later. But, uh, for example, here's, here's another story. Reddit user I am just Dalton posted that their intent was peace and letting go. Their random out experience led them to a random graveyard at noon in broad daylight where a coyote was seen standing atop one of the graves. The user also posted that they had recently lost their father and their father's nickname, Dog. Wow. Now that's pretty synchronistic. But that coyote should learn some fucking manners and not disgrace a gravesite by standing all over it. I get that it's your life's goal to catch that stupid trolling bird, but seriously, have some fucking respect. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he should really consider a career change because it's been years. I've been watching that coyote for years, and that bird fucking outsmarts him every single time. It's pretty loony, to be honest. If I failed that much, I'd be singing a different tune, believe you me. But thank God I'm a huge success. <laughs> every aspect of my life. You can catch any bird. Yeah. With no your gun. Away from me. You yeah. just use a gun. I just use a gun. Or a flamethrower. That's true. <laughs> I bought a flamethrower from a military surplus store. Reddit user Bougie1875 posted, quote, first time Randonauts users. My eight-year-old daughter wanted to come across fairy magic. Close, right? End quote. And their accompanying photos showed a tree decorated with pink and purple handmade ornaments of various shapes and sizes and a small wooden house also on the tree, which is pretty fairy-like. Reddit user Zesty Pony posted saying their Randonaut intention was, quote, peace and safety, end quote. And they were directed to a storm drain where they found an abandoned kitten. Aww. Another user wanted confidence and they were led to a letterbox with the words, no fear painted on it. One user found a literal mountain of broken toilets. That's where I live for some time. King flush of broken toilet mountain. I remember when you went through that phase. King under the mountain. <laughs> Now, people have found bones that look suspiciously like human remains on the side of the highway. People have found snakes. Countless random objects have been found by randonauts. 
Random nut stories are honestly endless on social media, and you can look up a lot of different ones. Um, here's one. A man confined to a wheelchair whose intention was ascension went down the street of his boring suburban area, and what did he find? He was the 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 path in front of him was blocked by a random empty wheelchair. Pretty meaningful. One Reddit user, uh, o- opaque moth, submitted this story with a creepy video of the house that's in said story to accompany it. Here it is. Quote: We decided to go on a little adventure after dropping our friend off at her house. We started at maybe two thirty a.m. We drove a good 10 minutes away from her house before we searched a quantum void point. As we got closer, I realized it took us to a big square right back to our friend's neighborhood. Out of the six-mile radius I put around us, I found that I found that quite odd. Our intention was, quote, hidden. The point was a couple of streets away from our friend's house. It took us to a house that looked odd compared to all the other hundreds of houses we had just passed. It had giant gates unlike the other houses and around the perimeter of the tiny lot. No cars parked outside. All of the lights were on in this house and all the curtains were wide open. First glance, I noticed there was not one piece of furniture inside and no one and no one to be seen. That house gave all three of us really strange feelings. And we started driving away. There was someone standing in the middle of the street walking fast up to the driver's side door. I guess my friend, the driver, was nervous and actually about to open about to open to roll down her window? Question mark, question, question mark. <laughs> I was like, go, do not open your window. <laughs> and she sped off. It was a weird experience. It weirdly felt like we were dreaming during the in, during the entirety. Or in a different dimension. End quote. So that's pretty that's that's a little spooky, a little little eerie. But on the flip side, sometimes you'll be scrolling through that subreddit and you just people just find a big old fucking boring ass cornfield. I mean, there's the there's a really and uh, a whole gamut of random not stories. Yeah, uh, and bunk funkers, if you too would like to have uh, Art's uh, voice as text to, to speech <laughs> for all of your internet scrolling, uh, just send 19.95 to Artspeak. Yeah, that's the app I'm trying to get off the ground. <laughs> You want a guy who can barely read stuff correctly and it'll uh but he'll do it in a loud annoying voice? <laughs> That's what you want, right? For your accessibility app? Yeah. Everybody wants that. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, is there any scientific backing to the idea that humans can truly use their minds to influence numbers generated from the quantum realm? In 1979, research conducted at Princeton over decades explored the idea of using micropsychokinesis to affect machines in very small ways. Randonautica also cites the Global Consciousness Project on their website, which was a parapsychology experiment which began in 1998 and incorporated the two decades of research from the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, or PEAR. Quote, PEAR employed electronic random event generators, REGS, to explore the ability of test subjects to use psychokinesis to influence the random output distribution of these devices to conform to their pre-recorded intentions to produce higher numbers, lower numbers, or nominal baselines. As their experiment shows, test subjects' intention can cause randomness distribution to significantly deviate from average expected values. End quote. According to a former lab manager during these experiments, Brenda Dunn, quote, 
I would predict that the results produced by the Randonautica app would demonstrate meaningful correlations only occasionally, but more often than might be expected, end quote. Though, she added, the app has a, quote, psychological aspect that would prime users to notice and notice coincidences and mystery, end quote. We're going to be honest here, bunk funkers. There's more egghead shit than I think either of us expected here. Um, and it's going to get yeah. kind of heady. Yeah. The Randonaut website cites a few other lengthy points about the experiments where they draw their theory slash inspiration from. If you want to read the whole it's post. It's very lengthy. It's very lengthy and it's very heady and it's written uh, in a very non-digestible way. But it's uh, randonautica.com, I think, slash theory. You can find it. It's in the navigation, but. It's also in our research. Um, one such experiment deals with the prob- probability of finding actual blind spots. So we kind of gave you a definition of blind spots up top, which are kind of areas where you would uh, not likely explore. But there's a little bit more to them, at least if you're like a true blue random knot. Okay, again, blind spots are places nearby in our lives where we would otherwise never go. But random knots believe Uh, Their existence can be mathematically determined through the use of uh, different things like chaos theory is one example. Here's a quote from uh, their website. No matter what path we choose, wherever we decide to go, there is a limited number of logical chains that will guide our mind when choosing a route, even if it seems to us that we act by chance. There is always a place where none of these logical chains lead. End quote. Demonstrating concepts of the chaos game or the chaos theory with coins and dice is one thing, but geographical locations that humans go to in their day-to-day lives and our behavior in said areas are heavily influenced by a plethora of factors. I mean, logic, habits, social norms, life experiences, cognitive biases, external factors that affect you according to the characteristics of your personality or are in casual relationship with your behavior and so on. I mean, there's tons of different things that affect you, the reason why you do certain things and the reason why you go certain places and the paths that you take. Random knots are trying to truly achieve a, a randomness, going to a spot that you truly would never go to in your, in your state of mind, in your mental map. So how do we find these blind spots? Well, to do this, you only need to search in places chosen independently of the rules of our thinking. In our experiment, we used a random number generator to mark random points on the map and visit them. Now, because of being independent from deterministic patterns, RNG brings the possibility of generating coordinates anywhere on the map with equal probability, which means you have a chance to find a blind spot by visiting many of these points, end quote. And the more coordinates you visit, the higher the probability of finding a true blind spot. But the blind spot isn't so much just a random location, right? Otherwise, you could just use a random location or random number generator and be off. In order to truly encounter a blind spot, you must also account for circumstance. Quote, One should not forget that the reality tunnel consists not only of geographical patterns, but also temporal, psychological, social, etc. Therefore, a blind spot can be not only an uncharacteristic place for us, but also, for example, a circumstance. Even being in a familiar place at an unusual time can give rise to non-standard situations, end quote. So randonauts aren't just concerned with random locations, but also random reality tunnels. Areas, circumstances, times, behaviors, moods, feelings, all bundled into one instance. 
They encourage users to chain coordinates together and visit coordinates at different times as well. All of this, it, all of this messing with reality also brings up questions of the butterfly effect. How does encouraging and allowing users to break free of their cemented behaviors and paths affect the world? How does it affect us if we live in a simulation theory? When entering a true new blind spot, you can completely change and influence your habits and behaviors. And this leads into interesting psychological effects of true randonauting. Uh, quote, observations showed that over time, participants become more attentive to the small details of their environment and more open to new information. End quote. Very interesting. There's a big uh, dopamine hit as well when uh, when randonauting that they also talk about. But oh. the concept they introduce is called the void meme. When entering a blind spot, your brain is on high alert and perceives everything unusual in its path. This puts you on high alert and totally entrenches you into a new reality tunnel because not only is your location different, but your behavior and even the chemical makeup of your brain is on a totally different level than when you would just be uh, in your normal path, your normal day-to-day -day path. But on the flip side is the anxiety-induced trespassing effect in which by exploring totally new spots uh, will make you feel as if you are breaking some kind of rule or just make you anxious to the unknown in general. And finally, there is the despair meme. Quote, the principle of despair meme is simple. It is transmitted in the form of signals that simultaneously carry a danger and the impossibility of resisting it. For example, an endless stream of bad, terrifying, or angering news in public media, aggression from people in a higher position in the social hierarchy, nagging people who cause discomfort at the level of empathy, uh, but not taking advice to solve problems, etc. Since the resulting stress is unsolvable, a closed cycle of self-reflection is created producing stress and a feeling of helplessness, prompting a person to search for an accessible target for their sublimination, sublim, sublimation and send the same signal to somebody else. Parentheses. We're telling bad news or showing similar aggression to other people. Parentheses. Essentially, being subjected to an unsolvable shitty situation produces more unsolvable shitty situations. Yeah. Thus, with prolonged exposure to the despair meme, the brain learns that relief from the stress of helplessness comes only through antagonism and begins to see the environment as hostile and full of dangers, end quote. Now, there are a number of ways to avoid the despair meme, but above all, they say, learn to see new things as a benefit, not a threat, end quote. Many people in our lives consider us despair memes. It's true. We are soul-sucking, draining Horrible people that bring nothing but joylessness. Nagging people who cause discomfort at the level of empathy, but not taking advice to solve problems. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like us. That's me for sure. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, randonauts have their skeptics. Many in the scientific community consider parapsychology to be complete pseudoscience. And while no one can definitively say whether we can influence quantum numbers based on thoughts alone, there isn't much support for the idea. Even many of the scientists in pair were inconclusive about their own results. Like, there was maybe something there, but a weak connection, and it needed to be explored more. You know, one of those deals. Uh, where eggheads or people like me refuse to give you a definitive answer based on bullshit like principles or scientific integrity or whatever. <sighs> you know what I say? Only a Sith deals in absolutes. Fuck yeah! Obi-Wan Kenobi! Woo! I love Star Wars! 
Thank you, Andy, for sharing. I like you're sharing something new with me, and I am accepting it as a benefit and not a threat. That's canon lore for me. (laughs) Ah, yes, the negotiator. (laughs) Anywho, many of the feelings of synchronicity, which we described earlier, you know, the feeling as if the universe is calling out to you with uh, what you find while randonauting, well, these could also be explained as confirmation bias. Since people in the Randonaut community are generally more open-minded to the idea of synchronicities, they tend to search for meaning in things that are actually meaningless, and upon discovering personally significant meaning in the world around them, use it as confirmation of their existing beliefs. And reading that sentence made me absolutely rock hard. My peen is straight diamonds, dude. Oh, God. Sheath your peen, please, Andy. Nah, bro, I got these mother-flippin' diamonds, and I'm gonna play some Minecraft, baby. Fight the Ender Dragon and shit, and go make a TikTok with my friends who are all 15 years old and hella cool. Then later, I'll go listen to Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo and cry myself to sleep! Andy, you said earlier you wouldn't have a big mental breakdown later in the script. I'm not, Art. I am young and wild and free. I'm so friggin' carefree, dude, you wouldn't even believe it. Like, look at how much I do not care. It's so clear that the amount at which I don't care is, um, like, the maximum level. Ah! Andy! Stop it! By enabling this new behavior and the reality tunnel, you're tearing a quantum wormhole in the fabric of space and time! This isn't right! You're an old, old man! (laughs) Oh, God, you're right! Art! I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bug fuckers. I hate having responsibilities. I hate being an adult. I just want to be a cool, carefree teen and have someone to take me to the homecoming dances hall. Whoa. It stopped. Wow. Andy, if you wanted someone to take you to the dance, all you had to do was ask. Wow. Thanks, Art. Reality might change around me, but I can always count on you. To take me to a dance. That's what fucking co-hosts do. We take each other to dances. Wow. There's no reason to be a despair meme about it. Yeah, you're right. And this time you can grope me if you want to. I know I tell you that every time and you well, always decline. Only but... when the chaperone isn't looking. Okay. Bunkbunkers. I think Andy and I just entered a new reality tunnel where neither of us have any problems and we're both totally carefree. Incredible. I think it'll last forever. This feeling is never going to change. We're so well adjusted. Well, bunk funkers, that's it for randonauting. But hey, have you ever gone randonauting? What was your experience like? What did you find? Let us know. And bunk funkers, don't forget that every time you listen to a new episode of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, you enter a new reality and discover a new blind spot in your mind tummy field. It's a little phenomenon we call encountering the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
sure is chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia. You know, Art, with the horrific chilly weather outside, the only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art Debunked, available only on patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now? Oh, Art. Laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all the warmth I need. And for just $5 a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. So chilly. Oh, God. I'm shilled to the bone. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Bunkers. That was our research of Rendonautica. 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 Rendonautica, the app for searching the world. The app for yachting. Oh, welcome to Random Nauting. Welcome to the Rendonautica app. Would you like me to be searching my coordinates? <laughs> mm, they don't it on the quantum scale. Oh. I hope you don't find my lost bone. <laughs> Human remains. Human remains. There is not a dead day. body inside this suitcase, or something's very strong and alive. <laughs> it may or may not be my penis. <laughs> That's right, it needs this big suitcase. Andy, a lot to talk about with this. Um, I think it'd be fun to talk. There's a few different things, but... Let's talk about this app. Talk about it. What do you think? Do you think this thing is dangerous? Would you do it? Would you Would you go random nodding? Is it interesting to you at all? You don't like going outside. Oh, man. Yeah, I really hate being outdoors. And I, I do, hate, too. And I hate exploring the community, and I hate yeah. being involved in anything. I don't like change. I don't like changing myself or who I am or anything, whether it's for the better or worse. <laughs> Yeah, if 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 anything, I'm just more aggressively opposed to changing absolutely anything in my life. <laughs> no, I would do it. Yeah, it seems fun. I mean, you ask the question: Is it dangerous? The answer is maybe. Yeah, Look, I definitely would say don't do it alone. Yeah, I mean, you never know what you're gonna encounter. Yeah, but also at the same time. That's one of the tenets. Be situationally aware. Like it's true. If you end up in a dangerous situation, like trust your instincts that right. the situation might be dangerous. Like don't do something stupid. Yeah, uh, don't trespass just, on people's land. Don't go into neighborhoods that are, you know, dangerous or that you know. Uh, there's just be aware. If you your if your coordinates end up in like a I don't know like a steel mill, like don't just walk around it. Like don't just show up. Unless you're going to do a sweaty, hot, sexy dance while the buff fucking steel workers. These rough, rugged, hogged out steel workers. And it's going to be like an 80s power montage. Like then, in that case, yes, do that. Be open to that experience. Yeah. yeah. It's going to change you forever. But that's that's situational awareness, bunk funkers. You have to. I don't know, though. How much are you buying into their theory and their heady stuff about it? Because I feel like you're like, nah, it's cool to go see shit, but like. Like you're obviously really into finding a piss bottle or two, but yeah. <laughs> how much are you buying into the theory behind it? Well, I have a lot of thoughts about it, to okay. be honest with you. First of all, the way that they generate these random numbers is 
it's generated my understanding of it is it's like measure it's like a random measurement of the pressure within a vacuum like a fluctuating vacuum and it's just completely random right and then that then it converts that measurement into a coordinate and that's how you get your coordinates and so in some sense it's like it's it's random yeah sure but it's like the idea that you somehow influence by thinking about it, the reading that a machine makes on the pressure in this vacuum, which then, like the, I mean, obviously there's not much logic in it, I don't think. And, um, I, I mean, like what, what possible impact? It's like, why would that be relevant? I almost wish that this was more supernatural. Yeah. Because then it would be like, you'd have more to like, talk about i think but yeah at the end of the day it's just sort of like i don't know what you're influencing by what you're thinking like you're influencing mm -hmm. somehow your thoughts have an impact like it seems to me that the the research at like pair is all about like you can influence the performance of a machine by thinking about it or something right like that somehow your thoughts can change the behavior of a machine for you 40K nerds out here, this is how all the orcs, uh, this is how their magic works. In the 40K universe, the orcs don't actually build machines based on any kind of logic. They just believe so fervently. They all believe that the machines work, that they work. Yeah. That's like how they build stuff. And it's like, they feel, they all believe that the color red makes you go faster. And so it makes them go faster. Like in re in the reality of the 40k universe, it's one of my favorite things about it. But that's basically what this pair stuff is. It's like, yeah, you can believe that you can a machine will work better by thinking about it. Yeah, influencing it on the quantum realm. Yeah, and so I guess it's like, I don't know. The, part of me, part of me says like maybe there's something to that. Although I'm very, it's very like tenuous. Like yeah. that 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 your thoughts could somehow impact the machine because I do think that. If it does, it's probably just confirmation bias. Like you're going to, if you're random nodding, you'll probably find some stuff every once in a while, but it's, be, you'll make it fit because you want it to fit. Right. And then you'll ignore all the other times where you ended up in a cornfield. Yeah. I mean, for every one random knot story where there's something of great significance, there's probably like a hundred thousand of, oh, okay. It's just, it's just a, it's just a fucking treat. Like it's just. An empty field. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I I wanted, you know, I was wishing for like big titty goth GF and I just landed on a cornfield. Like that's not big titty goth GF, you know? Yeah. That's not what I want. Yeah. That's not, you know, I'm wishing for like a beautiful anime babe who will love and respect me and think that my lack of hygiene is manly. And my fedora and my large katana that I carry around with me and my full deck of Magic the Gathering cards. Obviously, I'm using a black and green deck. I'm a swamp guy. Um, I'm obviously, obviously, because I'm a fucking cool badass. I have Neo's sunglasses, replicas, actually, from The Matrix. And, like, obviously, if I could just go to Japan, I would find a beautiful Japanese princess who would love and respect me for who I am, because obviously the women in America don't fucking understand me and how fucking cool I am and how 
I'm worth so much. And I'm a badass. I'm a warrior. I'm a fucking, like, honestly, here's the thing. It's like, these assholes, like my boss and stuff, doesn't even realize how I'm, I've come so close to just katana swiping him. He doesn't even realize, dude. I haven't even used my full power on him. Doesn't get it. I just need to save up money to go to Japan where all the women are totally subservient to me and will treat me the way I deserve to be treated. That's a thing. Maybe if I ran to not, I'll land in Japan. Yeah, maybe. In- <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. The fact that there's... Oh, God. Oh, the internet. Um, um, you know, but thank you for bringing that up because I think that gets me to one another point I want to I'm make. not trying to get you fucking off, though. I'm not trying to get you rock hard here, so put your penis away. Okay. Because well, I don't know if I 100% agree with you. Well, but well, go ahead, continue. I think uh, I think you... This is a good, as good a segue as we're going to get um, <laughs> into this, but uh, that uh, Dickerson letter or Dickinson letter? Yeah. Uh, what was it, Dickerson? Dickerson. Dickerson letter. Like Eric Dickerson. Uh Great running back. That letter has has big nice guy energy. Yeah. That guy probably did have a fedora and a katana that wrote that letter. That that, that letter, just that snippet, big nice guy energy. Oh, you're so fucking cold. Big nice guy energy. That lady probably did not want to talk to that guy. <laughs> They're like thinking it's going to be this heartwarming story. Like, we found you. We found this She's letter. Like, She's oh like, oh my God, oh my that God. creep. Oh, it's from. He's dead. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's from fucking Lyle. <laughs> Oh, fuck. God, he used to follow me around because I worked at the Orange Julius at the mall. Just because I was nice to him. <laughs> I fucking have to smile. It's my job. I'm a, I'm the at the register. What am I supposed to do? Mm, hello, my lady. I mean, there had smile to be. Smile more for me, my princess. It seemed like there would be a milady somewhere. In There's that. definitely a milady. It definitely opened up with milady. I graciously think you're awesome or whatever i graciously think you are totally cool and your boyfriend definitely doesn't respect you as well as i can he definitely doesn't have the (laughs) skills that i have i would treat you right i would i would let you i would let you feed me cheetos and watch me game Listen to anime. <laughs> Listen to anime. Listen to, I only do the anime. I do the audiobooks for manga. That's the only thing I do. Oh, uh, Lord, oh, Lord. Um, that had nothing to do with anything other than no. I, I, I had that feeling. and I. There's a little bit of that. There's definitely a little bit of that for um, sure. But what were we talking about? How your micro-psychokinesis? Yeah. I just am not, you know. What about synchronicity? You ever had a, like, extreme synchronistic... You ever have that happen to you, Andy? You're so fucking like cemented in reality. Obviously, as all the bunk fuckers know, you are just uh, an empty husk of a man. Mm-hmm. You have the soulless eyes of a shark. <laughs> and uh, you believe that uh, when people- I also have a bicycle in my tummy like a shark. <laughs> and lots of license plates and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trash. Yeah, a lot of trash. Not real discriminant on what I eat. But um, you don't really, you're, you've always, I mean, throughout the years, you've always said, like, you don't buy into that. You're like, there's no, the universe cannot talk to you on any level. Have I ever had a synchronistic yeah, event? Yeah, you ever had anything happen to that where you're like, holy fuck, like, actually, you have, 
we can't talk about it, but you have. And uh, it it happened from the thing which the the thing that will which cannot air. You remember that on the show? You remember when that happened? The thing which cannot air. Oh man, I can't. We we talked late one night and we decided that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I know what I'm right. referring to. Yeah, Do you yeah. think that was a synchronistic feeling? Wasn't that pretty like weird or no? Yeah, no, I did did feel like that was sort of a synchronistic event. Um, yeah. uh, look, there was we had a we had a long discussion about a particular topic. Did Art and I, and then. And there was something we had concerns with, and the very thing we had concerns with almost happened then immediately after that (laughs) to me. Yeah. And yeah, it seemed synchronistic, but at the same time, like I'm, 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 I'm enough of a killjoy to be like, well, that's not synchronicity. That's just, that's just the oddity of timing. Because if this, we could have had that conversation a hundred times and probably 99 other times that would not have happened. Have you ever had any other crazy synchronistic? things happen to you i mean nothing jumps to mind but you know there are times when you say like oh i see this thing or like you become aware of something like that you're not necessarily looking for and you're like oh this really speaks to me in this moment and i don't think that that's you know it's like is the universe guiding you to something or i don't know it's more like to me that's the thing that's on your mind whether you're thinking about it at that moment or not and so you are Look, we're so bombarded with so much stimuli True. constantly. There's no way we can take it all in. So everybody is going to notice something different about everything because right. there's so much happening. And, you know, your brain does all this work without you even trying of True. filtering stuff out and only showing you the things that it feels like are relevant to you. So there's as much chance to me, I think, that you're going to get something that seems hyper-relevant as opposed to something that's totally irrelevant, depending on a yeah. myriad factors that are way too complicated for me to even talk about, because you got to think about like how visible is something, how loud is something, how much like light reflects off of it. Where right. are you in the relation to this thing? Like, there's so many, there's probably so many opportunities for synchronistic events that you just don't even notice because you can't possibly pay attention to everything all the time. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. There are, um, you can definitely find meaning in a lot of different things. I think, you know, I'm a little bit more superstitious and probably a little bit, we'll see when we get to verdicts, you know, I don't know. I mean, about what we think about it. Um, I have a, I have a pretty synchronistic story that happened recently. I'm debating how much detail I want to give because it's kind of serious, but uh, it's pretty weird. So maybe I will, I can tell it, you know, but it it feels a little uncomfortable talking about it after I just did that whole fucking nice guy thing. (laughs) Oh, Um, but, you know, uh, recently uh, had someone pass away in my family, pretty significant uh, passing away of a parent. And it's been tough. But um, so this person passed away and then we were looking for urns, right? Because, you know, they're cremated. You got to fucking store those ashes somewhere. And we're all looking for urns and we're scrolling on this urn website, which is our Dis- thing. Discounturns.com. Discount. Of course, discounts. I'm not going to fucking shell out. They're gone. They're dead. Like, what the fuck? 
Amazon. Sorry, Mom. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> That's where the real money is, Jeff. But so we were looking on these urns and we're scrolling and uh, none of the urns have names on them. You can get these urns engraved with a name. Obviously, you can do a ton of different shit with urns. But there's like maybe 200 urns, let's say. And, you know, obviously when you're scrolling on the website, there's like a little thumbnail of what the urn looks like. And out of all 200 of them, one of the urns had like one of the urns uh, had the only urn that had a name on it in the thumbnail. And the name was my mom's name. Wow. A little weird. It freaked out my family a lot more than me. Wow. Interesting that they would have an urn <laughs> named Art's mom. Yeah. <laughs> it was very weird. Um, but I don't know how you explain something like that. It's very, that's very, like, that to me, it felt like it was like a level beyond, um, I found a piss bottle in the forest and this is significant to me because I'm an incel who lives in the basement and I have Gatorade piss bottles everywhere and I sleep with an anime pillow. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. But that was like fucking weird and it freaked out my family quite a bit. Did you buy it? Yes. We bought it. Um, well, you know, the way I look at things like that, it could just be a coincidence, but it's a pretty uncommon name. Wait, which, which name? Her first name? Yeah. I don't know how you explain that, man. It's kind of weird. Well, I mean, you, you would probably say coincidence. Well, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> you don't know anything Funkers. about the naming of that urn. Seabung Funkers, this is great because I'm putting Andy in a incredibly uncomfortable position where he doesn't want to be mean. I'm not going to be mean. But also, he wants to tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite place to be in. Uh... But you don't know anything about the naming of that urn, why True. the company called it that. There might be a story behind that, and True. it really could just be total coincidence. It could be. I mean, yeah, is it strange? Sure. But uh, there was a point made in one of the uh, articles that's in the research uh, about a professor of something somewhere. <laughs> it escapes me, but trust me, it's in there. If you want to read all the links, just go through. Uh, professor Hafsenfever. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But he was like saying, there's there's way more randomness than people give the universe credit for, even though they give a lot of, or or like that things, things aren't as unusual as they seem. That people think things are way more unusual than they actually are. That, you mean there's a lot more order in the world? What are you talking about? Well, I mean like that the probability of that happening is probably a lot more than you think. Sure. People do win the lottery in a mathematical sense. Like you probably, you probably have way more. There was way more chance that you were going to see that urn. Well, I mean, because you know, when you take into other factors, like you're never like just browsing urn websites anyway. Oh well, I am. Okay, well, <laughs> I love a never good mind. Urn. I love a good urn. You can store so much stuff in those urns. We just got the cheapest urn for my dad. <laughs> cheapest one possible. Well, you know, they're kind of expensive. They're fucking expensive. And my mom was like, well, I want to spread his ashes and I don't really want his body. And you were like, I want to snort him. Sitting in the house. <laughs> no, we, I mean, yeah, we, you get whatever you want. They they can get pretty fucking, I mean, those big ones can get really pricey. Funk yeah. Funkers, I hope none of you ever have to shop for an urn, but if you do, 
what do you hope they do with their dead bodies? Huh? Their, what do you hope they do? What do you hope? I hope the that they don't have to experience it. Oh, that nobody dies. You hope they yeah. die first, right? Bunkers, uh, we hope you die before anybody <laughs> you know dies. No, it's like uh, they they can get pricey and they're big too. They're yeah. Big honking things. Yeah. Well, you know, so many times they tell you that it's all like it's just like fine powder, but if there's bone fragments and stuff in there, Jeez. it's not really as it's not really like a powder as as you know. Yeah, it's kind of like when you grind fresh coffee, you kind of are a little bit more towards a French press than an espresso. Yeah. Andy gets that reference for sure. Yeah. He's I'm a big, a big time coffee Big drinker. coffee head. <laughs> big coffee head. They call me Beanhead because I love coffee. Um, No, you're right. There's probably, but like, did you see that chaos game thing with the, what is it called? The Sapansky triangle? No, I don't. Oh. Well, th- that's part of the theory that they believe in with this blind spot business where it's like, even if you take random numbers on a triangle and stuff, like eventually what you're going to make is like a, um, like a specific shape of triangles within a triangle. And there's still going to be like a big triangle in the center where n- you do not like that. Nothing has touched. Um, I don't, I don't know the math behind it. Bunk and I'm sorry that I'm fucking this up. I'm sorry that we're both so fucking dumb. <laughs> this, we don't understand it at all, but, um, also expecting two idiots who podcast from a bunker to understand chaos theory is like, yeah, we barely we uh barely understand like um any theory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh but like it's so I think that's what they try to like either measure against is like the the whole randonautica thing is like we want to find those spots in the triangles that aren't being right that people aren't going to the voids. The voids. Yeah. Um Although, what do you draw from what do you draw from the uh, attractor or the void? You know, it's like that already assumes that there's some sort of greater thing at work there, other yeah. than just the pure randomness of it. That you know, oh, this spot is an attractor, so there must be something that's attracting, you know, some some kinesis or whatever that's making the points generate here in this void. There must be something that's driving points away from it, but you know. I guess I don't have that. You know, people do want to go to the voids, right? Yeah. So it's not like it's, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't understand the philosophical behind it where that is like saying, is there something at the attractor points that people, that most people want to find? Or is it saying that like in the voids, there's not as much stuff that people want to find. So that's why it's a true blind spot because nobody wants to go there. That's not what anybody wants. Yeah. And you, that's where it's really unexpected. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just hard for me to say like, Hey, that's, that makes sense. Right. I mean, although none of this really makes sense to me, to be honest, cause there's, there's like a scientific aspect of it. It's just spewed. Yeah. It there's just a lot of spew. Yeah. It kind of feels like the, the philosophical part of it is more important than the science. Yeah. It's very like, this is very like sacred geometry yeah. DMT infused kind of science um, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like it's, I don't know Josh Langfelder and I'm not trying to make assumptions about him, but on every live stream I've seen him, he's wearing like a fucking wolf t-shirt. <laughs> so uh, nice, you know, or like a wolf howling on the moon t-shirt it just feels like, you know, 
there's a DM trip, DMT trip waiting to happen somewhere. But on the flip side, I do think that what he's actually trying to achieve is pretty fun and harmless and kind of noble. Like he's just trying to be like, you know, be open. To, their their tenants are admirable. I'll say that. Yeah. Clean up after yourself. Clean up when you fucking go place. Clean up these piss bottles. Yeah, I mean, part of this whole thing is like, go explore the com- your community. Right. But at the same time, have respect for your community because yeah. you live there with everybody else. So it's kind of a flip side where it's like he got popular from all these stupid fucking tip- TikTokers faking all this shit. Which, yeah. by the way, I believe like 80% of those motherfuckers fake stuff. YouTubers, they all fake it for views. It's such BS. You're such a cynic. Oh, I can't stand it. I think I do think probably there is a lot of faking in this. There's so much like fake. Like, don't go TikTok, man. Random nodding. I'm crying. And like, it was so scary. It's like, come on. Come on. Yeah. It wasn't that scary. Yeah. Everybody wants to get viral. <laughs> go out at night and just like film. Dude, oh, it brought us to this house where there was a murder, dude. Like and subscribe. Yeah. What do you think about that house with no furniture in it? Very creepy. Why wouldn't they roll down the window? God knows if I was in the car with you, you'd fucking roll down that window. I'd be like, what's up, dude? What's up, dude? Like nothing about it. I mean, like, yeah, you found this weird. A little house creepy. Like- I would not roll down my window if some guy. One time we were parking in the city and um, we were trying to find a spot. And there was like a fuck ton of traffic on Clark. You know how that's like. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, do I ever this? couple who parked in front of us were like walking towards our my car and like wanted me to roll down the window i just was like i just rolled down it like a crack yeah i don't care yeah roll down my fucking window for you i don't know you no i don't roll down the window the whole way i'm not like i'm hanging and they were totally friendly they were just like hey like you guys might not be able to find a spot here like there's tons of traffic i mean i would never roll down the window all the way in that scenario but i would crack it and be like at 3 a.m andy in the dark while a person's walking in the middle of the street come on Uh, that gives me concern is this person all right is this person all right oh i don't buy that into a little bit you don't care about that person i don't care about them but are they all right i'm nosy um bunk funkers there's a really cool subreddit that i like called liminal space it's exactly what that scenario is describing. This um, eerie feeling of um, seeing empty spaces that are just, it's sort of that like unknown of like what is around the corner. Like there's just this eerie, like what you'll find there is a lot of just like, uh, like weird synchronistic things that feel like memories that we all have and have experienced like empty there's like pictures of empty offices pictures of empty like the basement of a facility where it's just like a boy like boiler rooms and pipes and like empty forests empty streets it's a very it's just i don't know there's some kind of there's some kind of weird eerie feeling where we're in this scenario where you, you your mind is like heuristically knows that this should be filled with people and he's going to the subreddit right now. Yeah. Or he's checking his fucking text messages. Both. Uh, it can be both. Uh, or he's checking his fucking Snapchats because you know ladies are sending him tits on Snapchat. Let's see. Liminal space, huh? Liminal. Um, it's just very uh, eerie. Your brain th- feels like this should be filled with people and 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 things should be here. And... Uh, um, I don't know. It's 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 fun to look at. I definitely like it a lot. 
there is some kind of experience with that. Um, and I totally like diving into the unknown. Uh, I like that. I like that feeling. It feels uncomfortable. It feels strange and bizarre. And I think uh, all the psychological effects are definitely true. Like you would feel a little nervous and excited and there would be like a big dopamine hit probably when you go randonauting. Um, I've always wanted to geocache as well. I, I've wanted to do that for a long time because it's super fun. But I think one of the main geocaching apps is like 20 bucks or something. <laughs> I'm like, ah, do I want to geocache that bad? <laughs> 20 bucks for an app. Um, yeah, this, uh, this subreddit's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's neato. I mean, it's, they're eerie. You can, you can agree with that, right? They're eerie. Eh, you know, this wasn't, yeah. when you described it, this is different than what I thought. Okay. It's not horror. It's just eerie. It's, it has a feeling as a, it's almost like vaporwave. It has a nostalgia. It has, um, you know, Andy, what, what are you describing as you look through these photos? I mean, I don't know. It's like a lot of, a lot of, I guess a lot of people are posting things that, I, I don't know, that does, doesn't really like, it doesn't really make me that eerie. Like an empty bathroom. That's more like, that's comforting to me. A bathroom with nobody in it. Very true. I'm, I'm way more creeped out by a bathroom when somebody's already in there. Very true. I, I will agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, Bathrooms like em- should always well, be these empty. Are, I should say bunk bunkers. These are like empty public restrooms. Yeah. Public spaces that are empty feels eerie to people. But that's, to me, no. A bathroom that's empty in a public space, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. But then if I'm using the restroom and somebody comes in, it's like anxiety at a thousand. Really? Somebody comes in? I'm like, oh God, what's going to happen now? What do you think? I'm in the most the- vulnerable position. I got my dick in my hands. You think they're going to knock on the stall door and be like, yo, let me, I want to smell your shit, bro. I don't know. Let me, That's fl- what let me flush me. those turds, bro. That's what scares me. Let me see those little gifts you left in my toilet. But have you ever been in a public bathroom? Yes. And somebody comes in and starts acting weird. Yes, yes, yes. That sucks so bad. I used to have somebody that I worked with who would whistle. And I fucking hated it. Stop whistling in the bathroom. They also never wash their hands. It's fucking gross. <laughs> At work, I used to work with a guy, and he and I were, must have been on the same schedule. We would both be in the store. Oh, that's the worst. At the same time. And he always read a newspaper, and he would just throw the pages on the ground. And then he would just walk away. <laughs> he he never cleaned up the pages. That's very rude. Yeah. People are fucking weird. It's like, I don't know why they think when they enter a public bathroom, they suddenly enter this portal, this void into another dimension where they have carte blanche to do whatever they want. Right. Like, oh, I, I just fucking spread out of here. It's like, I would love to have gone to I'm going to whistle Dixie and fucking smear shit on the walls and piss all over. It I would love matter. to have gone to this guy's house because is it like, is there just newspaper thrown everywhere or <laughs> are you just a fucking pig at the office? <laughs> You stupid asshole. And I know for you ladies, I know it's 10 times worse. People think that women's bathrooms are like pristine, but I know that those, I don't know from experience, bunk bunkers. I mean, I do a little bit and I'm hanging out in there, but when I was a kid, there was I know a, that those things fucking stink way more. When I was a kid, uh, there was this place we used to go to on Saturday mornings for like breakfast. And it was, this is going to sound funny, but it's a private club. And so you had to be a member to get in. So it wasn't always that busy um, for breakfast. And so it was the Bob Evans. Yeah, it was Bob Evans. It's <laughs> very exclusive. Exclusive. <laughs> we were members of the Bob's Club. Um, but 
there the the restrooms could not have been more different. Like I was a kid, so it's like, you know, I ended up in the women's restroom yeah. once with my mom or something, and it's like the men's restroom was like very plain, uh, one urinal, one stall, yeah, like nothing, nothing of note. Like it was clean, but not like overly clean. The women's restroom had like a little like had bench, a couch, a couch, yeah. Um, there were like decorative soaps. Oh yeah, by the sink. It was like upholstered. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt very it was like upholstered. very nice. Uh, it didn't stink. Um, but I just thought that was I that juxtaposition always sticks with me. But um, the older I get, the more I realize that you know I haven't been in many women's restrooms since then. That's not that's not how all women's restrooms are. No, very true. Not every not every woman's restroom is like expertly cared for like that. But <laughs> it's worth pointing out that this place also had a bar. So I think that contributes to why you wouldn't do much to a men's restroom. Because you know, men are men men are like standing up to pee. Right. And then when you get drunk, it's harder to like peeing the down. aiming is harder. Yeah. So there's probably piss everywhere. There's piss everywhere in a men's restroom. There is piss. Literally on every surface. Yeah, on every surface available. Like, if you think that you're not touching piss in a men's restroom, you're fooling yourself. You're f- you're fucking fooling yourself. Wake you, up, sheeple! There's piss on everything. Idiots! It's covered in piss. That patina, that sheen, that's piss. That's hot. That's <laughs> layers of piss caked into the walls. No, there's no those those tiles weren't blue. That's just <laughs> layer after layer of piss. Oh, public restrooms. Those tiles aren't green. It's just piss. I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about, but we were talking about liminal space. We were talking about liminal spaces, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just something eerie about it for sure. You, oh yeah, you were talking to me about the the house one. I think it's eerie. It's cool. Um, you know, obviously you're hearing this account secondhand. Who knows what the fuck this person was? Oh, dude, like oh we. That definitely feels like, you know, you put a little bit more significance into it than it probably like seeing a house with all the lights on and no furniture and nobody inside of it is eerie, but yeah. it's not weird. Like maybe someone just moved out of the house. Maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's potential buyers in the house. That's a, that's a good point because people could have moved out. They left the lights on during the daytime, didn't right. realize it. And now it's just late at night, and this is a vacant house with the lights on. There's a house in Andersonville, which you remember, Andy. A creepy house. Remember that house? Um, it's on Berwyn. Hmm. The creepy house. It looks like an old castle. It's got, like, gargoyles and shit. Mm-hmm. You remember it, right? Yeah. Okay. If you're random on experience, it's it's unlike any other house in that area. I mean, this is a, this is a street in Chicago. There's um, classic bungalows, and there's three flats. And two flats, classic Chicago homes, uh, all up and down the street, very normal. But then smack dab in the middle of the street on one side is this house that literally looks like like the Adams family lives there. Like it's it's a three flat, but it's got like a fucking tower on the right side. There's gargoyles. There's a bunch of weird shit in the lawn. Wasn't it just that that guy like inherited that property and he was just kind of an eccentric and yeah, it's just an eccentric house, but it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's neat as hell, but it's got a big weird gate, like all this stuff. And and if you came across that while randonauting in the middle of the night, you'd be freaked out. But (laughs) uh, this is the thing about randonauting. Go back during the day. 
Go back at a different time. How do you feel? You're going to be in different moods, different behaviors. Yeah. In this blind spot, you're going to realize, oh, this is just a house. It's kind of like everything about you determines how you experience something. So yeah. potentially every time you go to a location, you could experience it differently. I mean, Berger? Like you ever honest, been... even the places that you go every day, right. you experience differently depending on a whole bunch of different When factors. you were a little kid and you were like at school after hours, like didn't it feel so fucking different than being there during the day? Oh yeah, for sure. You'd be like, oh shit. Like we're like uh, in high school or whatever, we both did theater. And uh, when you were like after school for tech week, being there until like 9 p.m. at night, right? Yeah. Being in your high school, it felt weird. Yeah. Lights are off everywhere. There's no people. Yeah. You're just running up and you have, you can go up and down the halls. It's just emptiness. It's yeah. an eerie, weird feeling. Yeah. It's a weird feeling. It really, I really liked it because it let me feel like a janitor. You know, you get that feeling of power, like you control the building. Yeah. And then you start to think like, oh, well, I have some weird psychological symbiosis with the building. And <laughs> if I see somebody slam a locker, I'll like, oh, it hurts me too. Yeah. Somebody throws up, you just have this yearning to throw sawdust on it. Yeah. I still have that feeling. Yeah. That's why I carry all that sawdust with me. (laughs) Pockets stuffed with sawdust. (laughs) Just in case. Justin Link. (laughs) JustinLink.com. Check him out for all your videography and puke cleanup needs. Yeah. That guy loves cleaning puke. And by that, we mean editing the bunker videos, (laughs) which are fucking straight puke. Straight fucking vomit. Uh, because everything that comes out of our mouths is vomit. Um, Verbal diarrhea. All right, Andy, let's get to some verdicts here. I guess uh, in my head, we're verticizing if you can actually control these numbers with your mind. If these intentions have any link, any Justin link to us, uh, <laughs> uh, to the real world, if you can influence things in the quantum world through your mind, body, tummy connection. Um... All right. Um, I maybe I'm gonna give you a weird verdict on this. Yeah, what else is new, brother? Um, weirdo. Because fucking weird guy. Look, I'm not so convinced that you're actually like changing the outcome of it, but at the same time, I also feel like your mindset changes how you experience things. Like you, like when we're talking about it, we're talking like, did you ex do are you able to think this thing into existence? And I actually think that that's very true. Yeah. That you make, you, you make the reality, whatever you want to be. So like the the guy with the coyote who lost his dad. Right. It's like his thing was peace and letting go. Maybe when he experienced that thing with that coyote, he finally was able to let go and get over that hump because of the significance that he put on seeing that, that obviously very rude coyote who needs to learn some manners about not disgracing gravesites. No, and that's, you know, you're making a joke, but it's a good point. There's so many different ways to interpret seeing a coyote standing over a grave. It's true. You and I might see that and think, oh God, this coyote is signaling that it's going to come kill me. It thinks I'm the roadrunner. Meep, meep. Because I'm always going meep, meep. Right. Think about all the different interpretations of Shakespeare's work. (laughs) True. I mean, everything, I mean, I know that's like artistic, so it's meant to be interpreted, but... Like every little thing could be interpreted by anybody in any True. way. And it can have a actual physical change to your psyche. Yeah. So I'm going to say plausible plus plus. Whoa. Because 
you make it you make it what you want it to be. Wow. Do I actually think that people are influencing the function of machines? No. But Okay, well then, but mm, I think that you should split your verdicts here. I don't know. Okay, so I'm I challenge you on this. Okay, okay. So you're plausible plus plus on like the significance and the synchronicity. Yeah. But what do you think about the machines? Like if I had to, if I had to like strip this down completely and say like, do I think that the underlying thesis of rando nodding is like an actual factual fact of science? That this is a thing that you can do that our minds can currently today impact the performance of a machine to help us give us, give us something that we want. It's gotta be like plausible smidge. Whoa. Okay. I just don't, I just, there's no, there's no, there's no support for it. Okay. I have nothing to say. There's nothing I could point to that says like, no, this is why that makes sense. Fair enough, Andy. Um, that's your verdict. Uh, me, I'm going to go actually the opposite of you. There is no support for it. Therefore, I don't think we understand anything on quant the quantum, quantum, all this shit is so yeah. misunderstood. Nobody truly fucking knows, I don't think. Even the scientists, even the talking heads, it's like, I've talked with friends who are like big into physics and they have physics degree or whatever. Like, oh, I have a degree in physics. It's like, okay, like, I get it. But like, I just feel like with science, especially, and especially this quantum mechanics thing, you know, we talked about this with, uh, oh God, what episode was that, Andy? The Higgs boson? 2012. Yeah. The world ended in 2012. Yeah. It's like, we don't even, it's like, we have this Higgs particle, but it's like, we don't fucking, we don't know what's going on. It might fucking implode one day. Yeah. It might not. We don't know. We have no <laughs> idea. knows. We're trying our fucking best out here. It's like, we have theories. So... Maybe you can influence things of the quantum realm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. If you really fucking think real hard, all these little quarks are like, mm, yes, we will deliver your... Uh, we'll deliver your wish unto you for thinking... Mm, one, two, six, <laughs> uh, nine, the cork four, elves. 20. That is your coordinate. Uh, yes, zesty pony. <laughs> mm, zesty pony. So I'm going to go plausible plus and a half on the quantums. Okay. I think you can do it. Okay. On okay. some level. Because I don't know. I'm just going to say, I'm going to go positive on it. I'm going to say, sure. You're just going to. You can. You can influence. You can influence the quantum realm. Sure. Why not? I don't fucking know. And I don't think anybody else knows either. <laughs> Why not? For synchronicity, I'm going to be with you. I think um, I'm actually going to go very plausible on that. I think, yeah, it can definitely have a major impact on your life um and i think whether you you actually think it was a sign from the universe or not the real point is the belief that you put into it that's what matters and that's what's going to change you and hopefully it's something positive hopefully it's not something bad well i mean i think that's the thing too is like i keep seeing odin's raven oh good then you just change your change the way you feel about it hey. just be like hey that's actually a good sign for me that is the, that's the, hey, that's what the I believe of the positive motif. Thinking. That's what I believe the motif of one of the greatest uh, television programs of all time, the, the Sopranos. I believe the main theme of that show is you better change for the better or else nothing but bad stuff is going to happen to you. So yeah. Change your life for the better. Do what's right. Or else bad things are going to happen to you, Andy.
you specifically. Wow. Art's, Art, Art said it well. I'll just summarize it as don't be a stunad. Don't be a fucking stunad. Bug Bunkers, those were our verdicts on Rendonotoka. Um, let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Andy? Mm, let's see. Uh, Brando Nautica? Which is where I get random pictures of Marlon Brando? <laughs> Sent to me? Influenced? Every day. On the quantum realm? Lando Nautica? Where I get random pictures of Lando Calrissian? Bill, Sent D, to me? Billy D. Williams? And Billy D. Williams? Uh... Sando Nautica, where I get random pictures of sandwiches. Bando Nautica, Ooh. where I get random pictures of band aids. <laughs> um, were there any good bits in this episode? No, this episode sucked. Jeez, fuck, it was awful. It's so hard to come up with a hashtag when there's nothing funny that happens. Uh, Bunko Nautica, hashtag bunk. Okay, Bunko Nautica. Use the hashtag, hashtag Bunkonautica. Let us know what you think about Randonautica. And if you've ever experienced it, you ever gone on it, you ever have any crazy synchronicities, let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at mrbunkerpod. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash mrbunkerpod. And uh, if you feel so inclined, you enjoy the show, you want to support the show, keep the lights on. You can uh, find us on patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod. Throw a couple bones our way. Get access to all the back catalog of the Andy and Art debunked Patreon-only episodes. We do serial killer stories, other conspiracy stories, uh, fun stories of interesting people throughout history. A lot of good stuff on there. Get access to the Bunker Discord where you can chat with Andy and I and other bunk funkers and uh, sneak peeks into episodes. Sneak peeks. Um... Andy, I think that's it for me. I think you and I need to get some random coordinates to a friggin' Krispy Kreme. Let's go get some donuts, bro. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we just, uh, we got to get them creams, Krispy Kremes, hot out of the ovens, out of the fryers. Oh, get them into my mouth. Oh, oh, the glaze is still so juicy and sticky. Uh, hot take. Actually, I should say cold take. I enjoy room temperature to cold Krispy Kremes way better than the hot ones. I will. I do not want a hot, fresh Krispy Kreme. Way too rich, way too sticky, way too fresh for me. I want that thing to be have sat for a little bit, get that glaze nice and crunchy. I want it room temp. That's me with Krispy Kremes. Hot take, I know. I never had a hot Krispy Kreme before. Really? No. I know you've done a couple of hot creams, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know oh, you're yeah. shooting a little bit of glaze out of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> out of your little uh, donut hole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Into my little donut hole. Ew. Um, favorite donuts in the city? Do right donuts. Then Joliet? No. Where Chicago. Oh. Do right donuts. Check it out. They did not sponsor this uh, podcast, but maybe one day they will. Maybe they won't even appreciate this, but we hope they take the Josh Langfelder approach that anything can happen and uh, it's okay if it does. Yeah. Well, for not the titular Mr. Bunger before my celluloid. <laughs> I think you mean cellulite. <laughs> Go host. Thank you. Good night. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yummy.
Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.